Okay. <clears throat> this is for Monday of Baloscha. We just began Parsha Baloscha, and we're discussing here the, con- the consecration of Levites. So we are in chapter eight up to verse fifteen, and this is after this is done. Meaning, what we've done until now, as said in the earlier verses of our portion is taking the Levites, purifying them, the procedure done to purify them, sprinkling them with the sin offering waters, shaving their entire bodies, washing their garments. Now, they took various offerings, and they brought the Levites, 22,000 of them, before the Olmoy, the tent of meeting with all the Jews, and the Jews put their hands on the Levites, it says, and Aaron should wave the Levites as a wave offering, and then they can be entrusted. And then the Levites should take their hands on the heads of the offerings, one for sin offering and one for a burnt offering. So continuing this inauguration procedure, after this is done, the Levites shall come to work in the tent of meeting. You shall purify them. You shall lift them up as a wave offering. So Rashi explains nothing on that. You know, yes, on that verse. No, not on that verse. Sorry, next verse. For they are given. They are given to me from among the Jewish people in place of those who opened the womb, meaning the firstborn, every firstborn of the Jewish people. I've taken them to be mine. So the verse said, if you notice twice, for they are given, they are given to me. Why does it say they are given twice? Or I should explain, once was giving for one of the jobs of the Levites to carry. But of course, at every stop, when they're going to move, they had to, the tabernacle was dismantled, and the Levites, that was their job to carry it to the next place, next location, and also they give them for singing, because another one of their jobs was the singing at the time of the services. And Rosh Hashanah says, as an opening of trust, no, it's at firstborn. Next verse. For every firstborn of the Jewish people is mine. Human and animal, on the day in which I slew every firstborn in the land of Egypt, I sanctify them to be mine. So, this phrase is difficult because Rashi is looking at it and saying, what do you mean every firstborn is mine? You're saying now it's, he's not yours. Instead, the Levite is yours. So Rashi explains the firstborn were mine. In other words, the normal way we would grammatically understand this phrase is in the present tense. Every firstborn is mine. But that doesn't work contextually. So Rashi explains in this case it means there's like an unstated verb, if you will, that they were mine. When did they become mine? Because at the time when the firstborn of the Egyptians were slain. They also should have been slain. And I protected them. So that's how they became mine. But when we had the sin of the golden calf and the firstborn were part of the sin, the only tribe that emerged completely clean of any connection to the sin was the Levites. Now, again, that doesn't mean most of the Jews sinned. A very small minority sinned. 3,000 from 3 million were killed. But that 3,000 was scattered from all the tribes, including firstborn, except for the tribe of Levi. And that's why after the sin of, of the golden calf, the Levites emerged as the tribe is going to serve in place of the firstborn. I've taken the Levites instead of all firstborn of the Jewish people. And I've given the Levites to be given as a gift to Aaron and to his sons from among the Jewish people to do the duties of the Jewish people in the tent of meeting, in the Olamite and to atone for the Jewish people 
there will not be a plague among the Jewish people when the Jewish people approach the sanctuary. If you noticed, when I read the verse, I said the Jewish people a lot of times. B'nai Yisrael, the Jewish people, is written five times in this verse. Which Rashi says is, because obviously like, we could use some pronouns here, and the Torah doesn't waste words. So why do we keep saying the Jewish people, the Jewish people, the Jewish people, the Jewish people, and the Jewish people? To show how precious they are, because in one verse we're saying them in the number of times that correspond to the five books of Torah. So five times Jewish people corresponds to five books of Torah to say the Jewish people are precious as the Torah. Now, why are we saying this now? And this, I mean, it's a beautiful concept. What is it with anything? So Rashi says, to make their preciousness known, meaning we want the Levites to know how precious the Jews are. Because we're saying here that the Levites are atoning for the Jews. So recognize what a privilege it is to atone for the Jews because the Jews are so precious to God. Or another way of understanding it is we're telling the Levites that their service is going to save the Jews from death. Understand, what does it mean, the death of a single Jew? It's like the burning of a stroll containing all five books because we're saying the Jews are equivalent to the five books. Others look at this as even though the Levites are being chosen from the Jewish people, we're still reaffirming how precious the Jews are to God. Taking the Levites isn't meaning a rejection of the rest of the Jewish people. There will not be a plague among the Jews, because if the Jews have to come and approach the Kodesh, the Holy, the Sanctuary, if they approach, there will be a plague. And so if they had to do the work, it would be a problem. Therefore, if they are not doing this work, they will not be this plague, and the Levites are doing it safely in their stead. Moses, Aaron, and the entire congregation of the Jewish people did to the Levites just as God commanded Moses regarding the Levites, so do the Jewish people do to them. So we're giving everyone jobs here, so to speak. So Rashi says, Moses placed them as he was told to do. Aaron waved them as we just mentioned he was told to do. And the Jews rested their hands on them, which is, of course, one of the services we do with an offering, so it's as if Levites are the, the offering for God, for the Jewish people. And therefore, each of them did something. Each group, Moses and Aaron and the Levites. The Levites underwent purification and they washed their garments and Aaron lifted them as a wave offering for God and Aaron achieved atonement on their behalf to purify them. Afterwards, Levites came to perform their duties in the tent of meeting, the home of the presence of Aaron and the presence of his son, just as God commanded Moses regarding the Levites, so they did to them. So that seems a bit redundant. We just said they did it. So Rashi explains this shows the praiseworthiness of everyone involved, of those who did it and those to whom it was done, meaning Moses and Aaron praiseworthiness in their participation, the Jews praiseworthiness, and Levites praiseworthiness. No one objected, which we could say like... Um, why we seem so much yet, but this, this is sort of a difficult issue because the Jews, by dedicating the Levites, are denying their own service in the tabernacle. But they agreed to give the Levites this privilege, so that's difficult for them. The Levites are taking on the hazards of the sacred service. That if there's a mess up, there's a big problem. And they took it on without a problem. They didn't object. And Moses and Aaron welcome now 22,000 more people in the service. Until now, Moses and Aaron and his two sons were doing the service. And now, it's only another 22,000 people involved. And Moses and Aaron didn't object. So that's why everyone involved was praiseworthy. God spoke to Moses saying, this concerns Levites. 
from the age of 25 years and above, he shall enter the division, the duties of the Ohamoi, the tent of meeting. So this concerns the Levian, meaning this issue of age disqualifies them. But unlike the priest, physical defects do not disqualify them. By the priest, of course, a physical defect would disqualify them. So that's why the verse says this applies to the Levite, meaning this, the age requirement, applies, but not the physical defects. And why does it say from age 25? That's from age 25 years and above, but elsewhere it says the Levite serves from age 30 to 25 or 30. What's going on? So Rashi explains at 25, he begins to study the laws of the service. He studies it for five years. Then at age 30, from 30 to 50, he begins his service. And then Rashi adds, from here we see that if someone studies something for five years and he doesn't get it, nothing, he's not grasping it after five years, that's it, like we're done. Because in five years, the fact that the Levites have a five-year limit to their studies implies that further attempting to be successful wouldn't help. And it also shows that there's the maximum of time needed for a successful term of study, five years, so to speak, to definitely do it. From the age of 50, he shall retire from the workforce and shall no longer work. So 25, he begins learning. He like and initiates. 30 to 50, he's working. At 50, he's retiring from the work. So which work is he retiring from? The Rashi says from the work of caring, right? He got older. So the caring, which of course was not an issue in Israel in the temple, that wasn't part of the service. But in the desert, it was an issue. At that point, they're considered too old, but they still do the three other jobs of the Levites, locking the gates, which also applied in the temple, singing, which also applied in the temple, and loading the wagons, which of course loading the wagons, again, is only something that applies in the desert. This is Rashi's opinion. Ramban says that no, once you reach 50, you finished everything. And there... And therefore, based on that, we see that phrase of the next verse. This verse 25 says, From the age of 50, he shall retire from the workforce, so no longer work. The beginning words of the next verse, 26, the Sheres es echav, and he shall serve his brothers. So what does that mean? The Rashi says, in this case, es means with. But to explain what's going on here, this grammatical concept, that S is the word that's sort of generally non-definable in Hebrew. It doesn't have a meaning. It's a grammatical word that S introduces a direct object, meaning the word following S answers the question, what? So Vesheris S Achiv, he shall serve. What shall he serve? His brothers. Okay. But Rashi is saying that at this point he still has work he can do. He can't do the carry on his shoulders, but he's still singing, he's still doing the gates, he's still loading the wagons. The Rashi says in this case, S, as it sometimes means, doesn't have its normative meaning of introducing a direct object. He shall serve, what shall he serve his brothers? But here, he shall serve with his brothers. Now, why would we assume that it can't just mean he shall serve his brothers? And, you know, Rashi's previous explanation, maybe that's off. But it doesn't really make sense because we're talking about the older Levites. In other words, once you reach age 50, you can no longer do the work. Instead, you're going to serve your brothers. 
So the Levites that are 50 are now going to serve the Levites that are 30. That doesn't make sense. So therefore, this matches what Rashi is saying in the previous, in this, in verse 25, that no, he's going to still serve with his brothers. He's going to do other of the jobs, just not the job of caring. For the last verse, but she shall serve with his brothers in the tent of meeting, keep the watch, and he shall not do any service that have the Levites do in their guard duties. So to keep the watch here means camping around the tent, which of course that's where the Levites camped, around the Ohomo 8, and erecting and dismantling the tabernacle.